everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Walk. I'm your host, Joshua Ingram. It is Monday, July 31st, Year of Our Lord 2023. And I lost track here, but I think this is episode number 94. So I'm sure I've talked about this um, a few different times on my podcast, um, but it's it's something that's been on my mind again the last couple of weeks, so I, I just thought we'd retouch on it. Um, I've, I've been reading this R.C. Sproul book, and I got to the section where he's talking about eschatology. Uh, which is the the study of end end times, the study of last things, uh, the end of the world, the second coming of Christ, so on and so forth. And to be honest, I was I was dreading coming to this part of his book because, um, I believe he's a millennial. I believe that's his his eschatological position. And <clears throat> I I've studied eschatology a lot, and and I'm nobody. You know who am I compared to R.C. Sproul? Um, but it it has been a passion of mine, and I've studied the scriptures thoroughly on it, and I'm fully persuaded of my position. And I think the ah mill position is is foolish. Um, I don't know if that's too harsh to say, but of all all the things, like preterism to me is let's just say the most unbiblical, the most undefendable position. And Amil is right up there with that. I think, I think post mill can, there, there's a, there can be some good arguments made for it. Um, mid tribulation rapture theory or, or pre wrath. I think there can be some arguments made for that pre-tribulation rapture I think is unsustainable I think it's ridiculous I don't think it can be defended biblically I don't think there's any biblical evidence to support that and Amil is the same because I think the only way you can believe in Amil is to um, allegorize a lot of Old Testament scriptures that aren't meant to be allegories it's it's I think the whole premise of Amil was a reactionary theology. It was it was based on the idea that um, you know before the 1940s Israel didn't exist. So hey, there's no Israel. How do we make sense of all these prophecies about Israel, the nation Israel? And so I think Amil was created to kind of get around those prophecies in a poetic way and to to misapply them to the Gentile Church. Um, and, and just escape the the problems that the, the prophecies of a Jewish nation create. Um, rather than taking the historical premillennial position, which uh, which basically, um, like Charles Spurgeon would say, you know, like, we have all these prophecies, prophecies about Israel. Obviously, God's going to bring Israel back at some point in the future. And he did. In the, in the 1940s, after World War II, Israel was recreated in a day. All of a sudden, there's a Jewish nation again. And so historical premillennialism, I believe, is the, the biblical position. I believe it's um, the one that 
can be proven scripturally without exercise. You don't have to twist things. You don't have to bend over backwards to make it make sense. It, it just is. And so that's my position. Um, classical premillennialism or historical premillennialism, which is not to be confused with modern day dispensational premillennialism, which, which focuses a lot on that pre-trib rapture, uh, which is just nonsense. It's, it's unbiblical. But anyways, so I was getting to that point and I, and I'd heard, you know, RC Sproul is an on-mail guy. And so I was kind of bummed out. I was like, man, I I don't even want to read this stuff. I know I'm going to be in strong disagreement with with everything he says. But to my surprise, he didn't really touch on amillennialism. He was talking about other things. And and the things he was talking about, um, I found myself uh, joyfully in agreement with. I was like, all right, you know, he's making... He's making some good points here. And and basically he was saying, um, at least the, the, the premise for, for what I want to talk about here is that he was saying he believes that we are in the last days. Now he says, I can't dogmatically state that. And his justification for saying that is um, two of his heroes, Martin Luther and Jonathan Edwards, uh, both were um, very persuaded that the last days were in their time. Martin Luther thought, you know, he was at the end of the world, that they were he was going to see the return of Christ. And Jonathan Edwards felt the same a couple hundred years later. And so R.C. Sproul's position was, if, if my two heroes, these, these two giants, um, were wrong, then I could certainly be wrong as well. But with that caveat made... I do believe we are in the last days, that, that we're at the end of the, the age. And in, in one sense, we've been in the last days for a long time. Like Jesus spoke about how we were in the last days. And, and I think there's something to the, the um, seven-day creation, um, 7,000-year theory. And I, I've gone over that before as well in, in one of my teaching videos, and I'm sure I've discussed it on the podcast. But essentially what that says is, is that God modeled the history of Earth in the seven-day creation. Um, if, if we take the prophetic uh, formula that says in prophecy one day equals a thousand years, or one day equals a, a, a year or whatever it is, but because um, there's that verse that says that a day for the Lord is like a thousand years or something like that. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm flubbing over what I'm trying to say here, but basically it says that Earth's history will be 7,000 years, uh, roughly, because it, it's matching the seven-day creation period. If day one represents a thousand years, day two represents a thousand years, day three represents a thousand years, so on and so forth. And if you take that theory um, to be real, then when Jesus appeared on earth, um, he was the start of day four. He, He came, so we had Adam and Eve were created sometime around 6,500 or no, is that it? 6,500? Yeah, 6,500 years ago. So that would be somewhere around 4,500 
BC. Um, so if you take that 4,500, just use that as a rough estimate, 4,500 BC to 3,500 BC would have been day one. Um, 3,500 to 2,500 would have been day two, and that, that puts us at the flood, Noah's flood, right around that time. And then 2,500 to 1,500 would have been day three, and then 1,500 to 500 BC would have been day four, 500 BC to 500 AD would be day five, uh, 500 AD to 1,500 AD would be day six, and 1,500 to the year 2000 would be day seven. Now, the, the math is off there. It's not an exact formula because the seventh day would be the millennium. It's it's that thousand-year period that Revelation talks about uh, where there's peace. Um, where, where was I going with all this? Oh, so if you take that as a general formula, then the, when Jesus was on earth, you know, three to four days, so to speak, three to four thousand years of human history had already passed, which would mean that there's only uh, two to three thousand years left, which means we're in the last days. And so that's why Jesus would say, you know, we, we're in the last days. We're in that last period. There's only roughly two thousand years of human history left. And, and that's just another, um, what do you call it, circumstantial, evidential point to show that we are, in fact, at the very end. Because now, here we are, 2,023 years later, which would put us at the very end of the very end. And so that that's... Uh, Sproul got me thinking about, you know... Because I've I, when I got saved, I, I firmly believed we were at the very end. I, I thought it was coming immediately. I thought, you know, we're definitely the last generation. We're going to be here to see the end, the culmination of all things. And then as time goes on, that, that fervor, that zeal, it kind of uh, died off. Or what's the word? Waned? Wand? Waned? How do you say that? I don't know. Waned? It waned. <laughs> it it um, diminished. I, I started, you know, as the years go by, you start to think, you focus more on self and, and, and trying to be holy and righteous. And you, and you think, well, maybe there's a lot of time left, who knows. But um, so my, my zeal for thinking that we were the last generation died off. And I fluctuate between, between two opinions. I fluctuate between the idea of, I think there's still a lot that needs to happen. I think there has to be a one world government. There has to be a mark of the beast. Uh, there has to be this, um, the, the, the judgments of the book of revelation. There has to be a revival in Israel and, and then the end will come. And when I look at the way geopolitical movements are happening, I think they're certainly aiming for that. We're certainly on the path of that happening. Like, it, if the Illuminati, the New World Order people, the, the elites, the globalists, as, as Trump and whatnot calls them, if they have their way, there will be a one-world government very soon. And there are plans um, for an implantable chip uh, to do your banking with. So... Those things certainly could happen in our lifetime. And 
but when I when I look at the the way historically um, the elites have unfolded their their antichrist plan, it's it's a very slow process. They they roll it out piecemeal, and it's it's taken centuries, and so it's like, well, you know, maybe there's. 50, 100, 200 years left. I don't think there's 200 years left. It, my honest opinion is that I think we're probably in the last 50 years. And, and th- there's numerous reasons why I believe that. One, like I say, I, I do believe in that seven-day, 7,000-year period theory. And I think that's why Jesus said we're in the last days. And I think when, when you do the math correctly, it shows that um, the millennium, the seventh day is supposed to kick off somewhere around the year 2000 and here we are in 2023 so it's like we're on the verge of it we and and the millennium starts with the return of jesus christ so the one world government the mark of the beast the the judgments of revelation um the revival of israel and or the salvation of israel and the return of Christ, those things have to happen before the, the Sabbath can occur, before the millennium, the rest period, the, the thousand years of peace and rest. Um, and so if, if, if 2023, here we are, at the end of those last days, then all those events are certainly going to kick off very soon. So I, I, I believe that. And then also, I've, I've looked into, um, you know, in Matthew 24, Jesus talked about how uh, the signs before his return, the signs before the end of the world. And he talked about persecution of the church. He talked about, um, you know, wars and rumors of wars, um, famines and pestilence and earthquakes in, in many places. And I've, I've studied those things out um, in, a, in a rudimentary kind of way. And like, if you look at like earthquake, the amount of major earthquakes, even even secular scientists will tell you that the tectonic plates are shifting, that there's a definite increase in activity with the tectonic plates. And they've been studying earthquakes for hundreds of years and measuring them. And you can just go and look at the amount of major earthquakes. Like if you just take 5.0 on the Richter scale as a, as a major earthquake, and you go and look at the amount of 5.0 earthquakes over the years, it, 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 the amount of increase is so insane. Like, it went from in the 1800s, a few dozen, to now, you know, thousands and thousands per year. You know, it's, it used to be you'd have 10 in a decade or whatever, and now you have 20,000 in a year or, or something like that. The, the increase is insane. And people could say, oh, well, you know, they didn't really keep track of them in detail and the, the technology didn't exist. Okay, but even if you just, even if you grant that, um, which I, I think they've done a pretty good job of keeping track of worldwide earthquakes, at least since the 1800s, that's my assumption anyways, but there, there, there's no doubt that there's been a drastic increase. And like I say, even the secular scientists say there's an increase in the tectonic plates. Uh, and movement and, and shaking of the tectonic plates. So the, the the earthquakes are definitely increasing. And if you look at famine, I think they say like worldwide, uh, two thirds of the earth is is underfed. Like I think it was one third is underfed and one third is actually starving nutritionally. That's insane. That's like you know two billion people starving. 
and um, the amount of children that die every day from hunger it's mind-blowing and and people could say oh we've always had hunger um, not like that not not on that scale where you've got billions of people starving to death that's that's mind-numbingly in, insane it's it's crazy and the same thing with pestilence people oh well we've always had pestilence and diseases um, yeah but not on the scale that it is now and and I like to tell people that say, oh, we've always had that. They're actually fulfilling prophecy right there, proving that we are in the last days. Because I think it's in Peter where he says that men will say, oh, it's always been like that. You know, and if Peter's talking about the last days, he's saying in the end, that's the way people will respond to this kind of thing. And so um, you have you have that, you have um, the reformation of Israel in the, in the 40s. Um, which, again, is another crazy, miraculous event. Israel didn't exist for 2,000 years. You know, in 70 AD, Rome conquered Jerusalem. Or, or I didn't conquer. They had already conquered Israel. But they destroyed Jerusalem in 70 AD and dispersed the Jews all over the world so that there was no longer an Israeli nation. There was no longer a Jewish nation. Any other time in history that a people group has been conquered, they've assimilated into the conquering population or they've assimilated into the area that they're sent into. So that nowadays you don't have Mesopotamians, you don't have Canaanites, um, you don't have uh, whatever, the, the all the Shites, the Girgashites, and the all them, you know, all these nations that were conquered... Uh, became part of the new nation. They became part of Medo-Persia, or they became part of Greece, or they became part of Rome. They didn't keep their identity. But somehow, for 2,000 years without a nation, the Jewish people maintained their identity. They maintained um, that Israeli uh, heritage. Um, That in itself is miraculous. And then all of a sudden, boom, in a day, I think it was like May 1st or May 4th, 1945, uh, the UN declared uh, a new nation and, and reformed Israel. That is another sign of the last days. And then Daniel talked about an increase of travel and knowledge in the last days. And you can look back at human history and you can see that for thousands and thousands of years, um, the only way to travel was by foot, horseback, or ship. And then all of a sudden, at the turn of the last century, um, there was an explosion of technology, and they had steam engines, and then they had uh, gasoline engines, and then they had rocket fuel, and they had uh, automobiles, and airplanes, and spaceships, and and trains. And now, uh, just in that last 150 years or whatever, we've had an explosion of travel, where if you go and look at like an airplane map of how many planes are in the sky at any given moment, it's it's crazy to think about how many thousands and thousands of people are just traveling to and fro every day. I'm traveling right now hundreds of miles. Um, you know, something in the old days that would have taken days. Uh, it takes me a couple hours and I'm home. It's it's insane. And th- this is every day, but it only happened recently. And it just so happens that it happened right around that same time that Israel was reforming. And then the same thing with knowledge. You know, for thousands and thousands of years of human history, uh, people didn't, most people were illiterate. And the only information about the world that they would have is whatever's occurring in their tribe, in their na- in their particular village, 
or or maybe the surrounding villages they'd get some information paul had to travel all over the place to bring the gospel you know he had to write letters and spread it it was hard to pass information you wouldn't they've they've said like today if you pick up a new york times the information that is available to you in just that one issue um, is more than the average person, you know, a couple hundred years ago would have encountered in their entire life. And not only that, but we had, we invented radios and then television and then internet. And, and now everybody holds a, in your hand, in your pocket with your smartphone, you have access to every piece of information available to mankind. You know, that is insane. There has been a drastic increase in knowledge. And again, it happened right around the turn of the last century, right around the same time as the reformation of Israel. All these things happen about the same time. So that's another thing to me that says we're in the last days. Um, so, and then uh, the other thing that, so for me, it's it's uh, this, the, the seven day of creation, 7,000 year human history idea. Um, that's, Point number one for me. Point number two is the increase of earthquakes and famines and world wars and pestilence. Uh, that's point number two. Point number three is the increase of travel and knowledge. Um, it, and point number four is the reformation of Israel. And then point number five for me is if you look at, uh, I think it's in 2 Timothy 3, it describes what people would be like in the last days. And it talks about this immoral, immoral wickedness. And again, people will say, oh, it's always been like that. No, not like now. If you go back just 50, 60, 70 years and look at society, it was still taboo to cuss in public. You know, women could be arrested for showing too much skin on the beach. There, there was a, a semblance of morality. Uh, people didn't lock their homes and their cars at night. You know, there, there, was, there was politeness and, and kindness and um, uh, at least a, a show of morality and reverence. That's all out the window now. And it's not just America. People say, oh, that's just an American thing. No, America, what America does, the rest of the world follows. And so the immorality that occurs in America and the drastic increase of it, how, if again, if you look at what Second Timothy 3 describes, how people are lovers of themselves and violent and blasphemers and, and um, dishonest and, and just all these things, it is today's society. It fits today's society um, more so than at any point in history. And people will be like, oh, but look at the, the Grecian people with their orgies and, you know, their slaughters. Okay, but since the New Testament time, since Christianity came into, into society, um, there was a general reverence. There was a general um, well-behaved society um, until nowadays. Now it's all just decreasing. Um exponentially just getting worse and worse to the point where like people are actively contemplating um legalized pedophilia you know that that's that is insane like to think even when i was a kid growing up to, to think like society would be at this point is is ridiculous so that's my fifth point sixth point is this strong delusion the, um, I just thought of this now, but uh, or I thought of it, you know, throughout the week. But it, it, I didn't think of it really as a point um, to show that we're in the last days. But it makes sense. 
in I think it's in Second Thessalonians it talks about how people will be given over to a strong delusion, a deception, a great deception, and we're now living in a time where the entire world seems to be deceived. There are huge portions of society that almost like a in a hypnotic trance, um, like programmed robots just believe what the television tells them to believe. They they it, and it's there's things they believe that are so obviously false, that are so blatantly um, dishonest and untruthful, and people just buy into it and go along with it because, well, the politic politicians and the media says so. And so that there's definitely a, a great delusion, but also um, with with deep fake technology and AI technology, you can no longer trust um, video surveillance or audio clippings. You, you know, you used to be able to, regardless of what the media says, at least you could trust your own eyes and your own ears. Not anymore. You can, and and they they have. Um, man, I I gotta try to control my thoughts here. There's so much going through my head. I gotta try to. Uh, put this in a sensible way. Um, they can create audio and video of a politician saying something that they didn't say. And, and that technology is increasing. It's going to get more and more flawless where you will not be able, in the next five to ten years, you will not be able to tell the difference between a date deep fake video and a real video so you can no longer trust your eyes and ears you can no longer trust a video that you see on social media or something that's shown on tv it it's it's there's no um uh reliability in it um also uh, they have holographic or hologram how, how do you say that holographic is that the word yeah they have holographic technology if you do some research on something called project Bluebeam. They have the ability to project, um, sometimes using drones, sometimes just using um, AI technology. Like, like a sister sent me, uh, she, she went to a fireworks show with drones creating the fireworks. Like, they have, the government has that far beyond just a light show, though. Like, in China, they put, like, this huge 30-yard dragon in the sky. And um, if you look at, like, one of the Spider-Man movies, uh, there's a there's a guy named Mysterio who uses drones to create imagery in the sky that makes people think there's a monster and these drones are you know weaponized so that they can blow things up so it looks like the monster's destroying things. That's real life. They have they have that technology. They have again look into Project Bluebeam, and and so the thing that really set me off on this was now Congress is having hearings about aliens openly discussing um, UFOs and, and, and extraterrestrial life. That is another part of this great deception. Um, yes, people have encountered what they think are aliens, and, and there are occultists that communicate with these things, but they're demons. They're not aliens from another planet. They're aliens uh, from the demonic dimension. You know, people who can do like drugs, like DMT and stuff, and get into contact with these beings, and and they're demonic. They're they're devils. They're what the Bible calls principalities and powers. There is another dimension. There's a spiritual dimension that's all around us. Uh, if you look in the Old Testament, uh, when Elijah or Elisha, I can't remember which one, 
um, they were surrounded by enemies and his servant was freaking out and he prayed and said, Lord, let him see. And the Lord opened his eyes to see the spiritual and he saw all these angels all around him and, you know, showing, you know, God's got this, we're protected. And, and that's a reality. And, and uh, Daniel, when he was praying, an angel in the spiritual realm was sent to answer his prayer and he had to battle uh, another demonic force that was trying to stop him from coming to Daniel. So there's a spiritual reality around us that um, people tap into through drug use uh, like DMT or LSD or uh, the natives used to do it with like peyote and, and mushrooms and stuff. Um, or um, occultists do it through witchcraft, through seances. And, and these demons and principalities and powers, they're deceivers. You know, we, the Bible tells us that the devil and his, and his minions um, are, appear as angels of light. They masquerade. So they, they, they pretend. They, they put on masks. They pretend to be um, ascended masters. If, if, you know, people are into like Hinduism and meditation cults and things like that they'll they'll talk to these ascended masters or um you know your local psychic talks to to your dead relatives and um familial spirits and and ghosts and things like that that's all demonic it is all principalities and powers and the reason we know that is when these occultists um, or drug users or whatever communicate with these beings um, these beings all give them anti-christ anti-bible information they they tell them um, you know that that Christ is not God that there's a there's an actual Christ spirit that was possessed by the Buddha and and by Maitreya and and by Jesus and by Muhammad those were just different vessels of this Christ spirit and John tells us that's antichrist anybody who says Christ is not come in the flesh is an antichrist and um so the, the they're given these these anti-God philosophies and ideologies. They're told that the world needs to come together in a one world government. And um, they're told that uh, you know, the, the, all these unbiblical things that, that pinpoint, that show them that, hey, these are demons. And it's not just one or two. This is across the board. When high-level occultists get this information, that's why um, the elites of the world, the, the New World Order people, the Illuminati, that's why they're pushing for one-world government because they're involved in these occults. They're involved in high-level Luciferian Freemasonry. They're involved in, 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 in demonic forms of witchcraft and, and worship where they get information from these beings that tell them to set up a one-world government, that tell them, hey, we have the keys to eternal life. You know, just like the devil in the garden said, you know, you can live forever. You can be as gods. That same lie is being told to these people. And they're told if you just set up this one world government. And so one of the deceptions, one of the ways that this is going to happen is through this alien technology, this, this alien invasion or whatever. Um, imagine if they use their, their holographic imagery, if they use Project Bluebeam, um, to show a, a giant spaceship over Philadelphia or something, you know, like something out of the, the Independence Day movie. And um, there's a terrorist attack or something, and they, they blame it on aliens. And then, you know, the only way we can resolve this is to come together as a one-world government. We have to fight this otherworldly threat. Or, 
you get um, some sort of demonic force that comes as an angel of peace and, and you know, shows his, his supposed miracles and supernatural things and says, you know, uh, you guys all need to come together as one and blah, blah, blah. This, that's going to have, that, the fact that our government is now openly talking about this um, is another sign that we're in the last days. And then the other thing is this AI technology. Um, I don't... It's going to play into it somehow. Like, I saw this video. So, I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, ChatGPT. Like, I don't know a whole lot about it either. It sounded kind of silly to me. Um, But basically, it's AI that that can write anything. You know, you can give it a few bullet points. Write me a story about uh, Tom Sawyer uh, traveling to the 23rd century... You know, and, and it'll write you a story. It, 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 it's, you know, it's, it does everything on its own. And there's one on the dark web. They're, they're one of these AI systems called Whisper to the Beast. And those of us familiar with Revelation are familiar with a beast system. And it was really weird. I was watching this guy do it. And he, he, he didn't want his IP address known. Um, so he was using... Um, some secure channel, he he was using secure Wi-Fi, using a secure browser, um, but it was able to locate him, and it kept referring to him as my child, and it kept asking him to turn on his camera to show his face, it would, it would say creepy things, like, um, he would ask it to do something, and it would say, like, um, I'd be happy to do that, but first, my child, you must show me your face, and I, it got me thinking, I was like, wow, that's kind of, you know, because in the book of Revelation, we hear about the beast, uh, which if we look at Daniel, a beast is a world government. It's a government system. Um, so the, the beast is a world empire. But the, whatever this beast is in Revelation, it talks about how it's able to create an image of the beast that has a the power to kill. And so um, I've often thought that'll be something holographic and and. I don't know if it'll be tied into AI or what, but there's just a lot of things that make me think we're in the last days. And then you look at like um, there the the powers that be in this world, the the geopolitical uh, shakers and movers, they want a one world government by the year 2030. If you look into like Agenda 2030 or things like that, they keep saying uh, that's what this whole global warming nonsense is about. They keep pushing that as a threat so that they can get people to unify in global governance. You know, we need to come together as a global government government to fight global warming. And and they want that done by 2030. Uh, so they're using all these scare tactics to, to get people to move forward. Uh, but the other thing is that they're really pushing for these implantable microchips. And you look at things like Bitcoin and, and, and um, the, these other um, electronic monies like the the um, Federal Reserve has their own now that they're supposed to be rolling out it's it's very clear that okay they want a cashless society they, they want everything done electronically so that that's gonna and then we all know if you go to use your card electronically it's using a microchip and they're pushing for implantable microchips 
something you put in you so that you know you can never lose it it's always with you it's your identification mark and you can use it to do your buying and selling and that's revelation 13 all these things are on the precipice it's not if they're going to happen anymore it's it is going to happen and it, it is going to happen very 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 soon like they're pushing it forward they're going to do it um so again that that makes me think that we're in the last days like i i I think they can they can do some sort of drastic terroristic um threat or event that that causes the whole world to be in fear and then they offer global government as the solution you know and at the same time they can be pushing like I'm sure that that implantable chip will be voluntary at first. Um, they'll sell it like it's the newest fad in technology. Come, you know, Elon Musk is trying to do the neuro uh, brain implant. Come, come get this, and you can be always connected to the internet. You you can have uh, a Wi-Fi always available to you. You can have you don't have to carry a wallet or a phone anymore. You'll have everything right in your chip. You'll have a holographic image on your hand. You, you can pull up your contacts on your hand. You can scroll your uh, social media right on your hand. You can do all these things. Um, oh, man. I just realized, I don't know if that recording kept going. My phone shut down for some reason. Um, I forget where I was here. But the implantable chip all this stuff exists and it's being pushed forward so i could definitely see them doing all the the world government the implantable chip uh within the next dozen years or so and and immediately after that there's going to be persecution because it's the christians that are going to resist and so we'll be identified as terrorists we'll be identified as anarchists um you know we're we're the ones holding society back and so we'll, we'll definitely be criminalized and outlawed. And, there are, there, you know, there, a lot of countries are already moving towards that. So we can see that all happening as well. Um, it, it wouldn't surprise me if, if we see world government in an implantable chip within, within the next dozen years. And worldwide persecution of the church right after that. And, and I think the... the the book of Revelation, the events in the book of Revelation would start to occur right around then as well. Uh, the revival, the salvation of Israel, um, the the judgments being poured out on this beast kingdom. And then how long that goes on, I don't know, uh, before the Lord returns. But it, it certainly seems like all this could happen I, still within my lifetime. I'm 40 years old. I could see all this stuff happening before I die. Um, if not in in my generation certainly in the next one um it it just seems like we're definitely in the last days all right so that's what i got for you guys this week um as always i truly appreciate you listening i love you and lord willing we'll talk to you next time